0: Hello and welcome. This is episode number 16 of Three Point Klein, your slightly below average NBA podcast. My name, of course, is Kleinfeld. That is at Kleino the Dino pretty well everywhere. You can also you can follow the show on everything. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's all at Three Point Klein. That is T-H-R-E-E-P-O-I-N-T Klein smelt like Calvin Klein. Also, you can grab us on podcast services around the globe. We're on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a rating review over on iTunes. It really helps. Five stars, five stars. Let's just get right into the show today. It's going to be a, a bit of a bit of a bumpy road this morning. I'm I'm sorry that I missed last week. I was going to come in here and do a podcast last week, however. Just you'll find out very quickly what happened. Uh, last Sunday, I was I was a wreck. I was going to come in here and and record last Sunday, but um, of course we have to talk about uh, Kobe Bryant passing. He passed away last Sunday. It came out uh, about Sunday around ten thirty, eleven, right around lunchtime. Uh, Kobe Bryant, along with his daughter Gianna, Gigi, as well as seven others, had died in a tragic helicopter accident in the hills of Calabasas, which is. We don't know just north of los angeles and you know kobe very famously has taken uh helicopters everywhere around los angeles for his entire playing career he would fly in a helicopter to games so he could spend time with his family for that extra hour or whatever instead of sitting in traffic now the story itself details were super shaky at first um i was Sitting at home, I just finished a movie, I look down at my phone, and I, I see uh, an alert from Twitter, the first kind of TMZ report coming out. There weren't a ton of details. People were putting stories out there that they hadn't 100% confirmed, like some people were saying all of her daughters were there, some people were saying former NBA player Rick Fox was with them. That is not the case, um, but it does turn out that that nine people end up passing, including Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna. Uh, A very upsetting day, Uh, that goes without saying, across the NBA, the sporting world, just the world in itself. uh, You saw a lot of people coming out of the woodwork, and I immediately, the first thing I did, I don't know why I did this, I don't know what drew me to this, but right as this was breaking, there was games that were supposed to start being played. Now, they did end up being played on Sunday, but... I turned on NBA TV to see what they would be talking about. I, don't, I, I, just, I, needed to, I needed someone to be a part of this conversation with me as I was finding out these details. And what really hit me the hardest immediately, I mean, other than losing Kobe Bryant, a, a, a hero of mine, a, such a big part of my basketball identity um was seeing these players that they had on NBA TV finding out um the 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 talking heads they had up there finding out as well but but there's players warming up for these games and you could see the looks on their faces uh as they were finding out the details uh, of the story it made me it made me feel sick to my stomach honestly and and I don't know how I want to tackle this Kobe thing I kind of have a few things outlined on my doc here Uh, Just some stuff that I want to uh, go over. This is going to probably be a big chunk of the podcast today. Uh, We're going to get into the news and everything later. But this came out of left field, and I feel like I had to address it. Um, The first thing I do want to touch on is my personal attachment to Kobe. I don't know if any of this is going to come off coherent. These are just a bunch of thoughts that I have written down I've been thinking about this a lot over the uh, the last week or so. As I said off the top, last week, last Sunday, almost right as I found out about Kobe, I was getting up to come in and record a podcast. I had a, a pod pretty well ready, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't come in and address this right then and there. It's been, it's been hard for me. I, honestly, I'm still feeling it. Just when I think I've, I've cried my last tears about it, um something new some new tribute pops up or uh the big thing for me last night was was uh LeBron spoke out publicly for the first time uh, on a microphone at the Lakers game and that and that got me and um my personal attachment to Kobe was very very tight i mean i never met the man but for me Kobe Kobe's the reason i got into basketball In the very first place, I was a young kid. I'm still am very young, but I was a young kid growing up in the early 2000s. I'm not sure why I don't really have a specific touchstone or moment as to why I got into Kobe. But Kobe was the first basketball player that the first athlete that I can remember loving around. I think it was 2005. Maybe I, I really, really became a fan and not even a Lakers fan, just a Kobe fan. I had this, uh, I got this Lakers calendar at one point that I can vividly remember in my head. Um, I loved Kobe and Gasol when they got together. I can vividly remember, and I was young when this was happening—eleven or twelve—watching um, him win the. 09 and the 010 finals. I, I remember that. Those are some of my best Kobe memories. I remember sitting at my grandma's house around the, her dining room table as they clinched, I think it was the 10 2010 finals, which was so cool. Um, my best Kobe memory came a few years later, not all that long ago, uh, was laying in bed in my college dorm room at BCIT the night of Kobe's last game in the league, the night he was supposed to retire the night he would retire, I guess seeing him go off for 60 points. I remember that night, the talk of the NBA was both. There's two storylines going on. It was of course him playing his last game. And also that night was the night that the, the golden state warriors could uh, break their, the regular season win record, which they ended up doing. But I knew that I, I had to sit there and I had to watch Kobe. um, Being such an important part of my, I don't know basketball love story. Honestly, I love this sport, and and Kobe is basically the reason. Uh, the reason as to why. And then in these past few years, it's th- this is what makes it even more upsetting for me. And is in in these past few years, you've really seen Kobe open up, and and losing his daughter along with him is just heartbreaking. Somebody, Gianna, Gigi, someone who looked like she was she was primed to take up his basketball mantle. There's been quotes going around over the past week or so, so many stories coming out about Kobe. But the one that has has stuck with me a lot was his uh, appearance a, a little while ago on the Jimmy Kimmel Show, a little interview. And it's just a clip that you've probably seen. It's going around on Twitter and Facebook and all over. and And it's him talking about how people are had been telling him hey you you got to go for a boy now he'd had at that point three girls you got to go try for a boy and and um little gianna going hey like i got this like i got this legacy you don't need to worry about that and and he he loved his daughter some of the last pictures you've you've seen of we all saw of kobe were just the other night uh him sitting at the courtside. I think it was at a Brooklyn Nets game with her. And and it's all, I don't know, poetic isn't the right word, I don't think. But like last Saturday night, LeBron James passes Kobe in all-time scoring. And they have that little back and forth on Saturday night of Kobe finally kind of passing the torch to LeBron. And now is, there is this... Kobe-sized hole in the league. He has so many moments that you can go back in and, and, and touch to. The 81-point game against the Toronto Raptors. I've watched those highlights a few times over the past few days. Uh, the one I will always remember is him playing against the Utah Jazz... No, uh, against the Golden State Warriors. Utah Jazz was his last game. Um, but the Golden State Warriors, when he tore his Achilles tendon, he went down. You saw that he was hurt he gets up, kind of holds the 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 Achilles together and goes and shoots free throws, and then goes off that's kobe like that is Kobe in a nutshell he was the mamba it was the mamba mentality right the I'm going to devote everything I possibly can to the thing I love and work as hard as i I possibly can and he he put that in and he put a nice little bow on that he he, he was a perfect example of what he preached. And it wasn't just with basketball with him. He said to everybody with anything, whatever you love, whatever you do, create that box, create that thing that you love and, and perfect it. And it's just, it's hard to, um, to put into words, just how much he meant to me and how much he meant to the NBA and how much he meant to the, to the sporting world. Um, as a whole. Now, I do want to get into kind of the not the the news, the 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 fallout of of this whole thing um as well. I feel like I've kind of I've talked about my uh, my attachment to it, but um the big thing that did come out of this was uh you had of course the team tributes that were happening, but the biggest thing that came out was uh, the biggest, I guess, consequence of this, the biggest result of this was the Lakers. They ended up actually postponing a game. That was the only game that did end up getting postponed. The day of last Sunday, it was hard. You could see everyone who was playing, they were doing it with a heavy heart. There was tears um, on coaching staff side, on players' sides, Um but this Lakers game, the Lakers-Clippers on, I think it was supposed to be Tuesday night, they ended up, that's the only one they ended up postponing. Which, again, super easy, or not again, I haven't said this yet, uh, super easy game to postpone, super easy game to reschedule. Clippers, Lakers, they play in the same arena. That game can be played um, whenever. But it was rough seeing these players go out on the on the court last Sunday. And throughout this week, Kobe affected... A lot of these guys, and yes, he's gone, but I saw this in some tweet or Instagram post this week. Yeah, Kobe's gone, but he isn't really. You can see him in the determination of a lot of these NBA guys. You can see him with DeRozan's mid-range game. You can see him in almost entirely Devin Booker's game. Trey Young has a lot of Kobe influences. They, um, A lot of these guys look to him as their hero, and seeing seeing them the way that they were out there, it's, it was, it was rough. Um, the first kind of tributes started to come in on Sunday afternoon, um, from players, media people, uh, but people or but players playing on Sunday instantly started doing tributes. I think it was the Raptors and the Spurs that were the first to do this, but now it's kind of, everyone has done something like this or similar, taking, a uh, a 24 shot 24 second shot clock violation each to start the game other teams have been doing the uh the 24 violation and the 8 second violation a backcourt violation to start the game as well for for both his numbers there's been so many tribute videos going around uh we've seen players come out not just on social media but in games Repping the Mamba mentality, whether that is wearing Kobe shoes, going off for some crazy performances. We've had some amazing performances over the last week, or people like Trey Young and Joel Embiid coming out and wearing uh Bryant jerseys to warm up, or for the first um for the first, I guess, play of the game. I've never, ever, ever seen people. And people intimately tied to something like this react to something like this before on and off the court. The thing that got me, I I touched on this a few seconds ago, was on Sunday afternoon, seeing Devin Booker as they kind of did the tribute to him in the arena. Devin Booker, young kid, a lot of these young players got into the game because of Kobe Bryant. He was their Michael Jordan, and Devin Booker looked heartbroken another one that got me was yesterday um we're gonna talk about it in our last night wrap-up after we finish this up but uh was seeing kind of the lakers squad last night in on their first night out on the court since it all happened holding each other weeping lebron james crying it 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 got me uh earlier this week tuesday night the night that um, the Lakers Clipper game was supposed to be. It was supposed to be on TNT. They ended up doing kind of a wake, I guess you could call it, a memorial for Kobe um, on TNT, and that was hard to watch, but kind of therapeutic. You had, of course, the uh, the inside the NBA crew with Ernie and Kenny and Charles and Shaq, but then you also had um, Jerry West was there, and um Red uh, Reggie Miller was there. Dwayne Wade was there and they all kind of just went through and and talked about their Kobe stories. Shaq's in particular was heartbreaking to listen to. He Shaq and Kobe will be intertwined forever. Well, there's nothing that we can do about that. They are brothers forever. They and like family, like brothers and sisters and uncles and aunts and whatever. Uh, they had a messy relationship, and it doesn't always go. It's not always smooth sailing. Yes, they won three championships, but it ended messy, and you could hear the genuine emotion, the genuine heartbreak in 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 Shaq's uh, in Shaq's storytelling on that Tuesday night, talking about how he wishes that he had said some things before it's all over and talking about how he is done with basically beef for the rest of his life. He is done with the, 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 the backstabbing, backstabbing the trash talking, like, cause you never know. And that's one thing that I think that everybody can get out of this is Kobe Bryant passed away at 41 years old, his younger, his daughter, 13 years old. Um, You never know, You, you never know. And so you can't leave any bad blood out there. You can't, you can't leave any bridges burning. Like tell the people you love them. Tell the people you love that you love them because you don't know who's gonna be here tomorrow and who isn't. Um that's kind of the the I think the major takeaway that we can take we can take from from this. And it's hard now, and we've seen it outside Staples Center with thousands of people Hundreds of thousands of people probably at this point going down there and and leaving balls and flowers and balloons and, and candles. And the whole front of Staples Center right now is just this massive memorial. And I think that, yes, we lost somebody here who had his flaws. He made his mistakes, but he was such an icon. And yes, we lost him. And yes, there are tears, but... It's bringing everybody together, I think. In the end, and and I think that's that's pretty special. Now, the the Hall of Fame has come out because this was going to be, this is something that hits even harder is Kobe or I don't know if it's even harder, but Kobe was supposed to go into the Hall of Fame this year. This was his year. I'm she was going to get voted in first ballot no matter what. This was the year we were going to going to get the Kobe Hall of Fame speech, which would have been amazing. Um, but we're not going to get that. And the hall of fame has come out saying that they are bypassing the voting process for the first time ever. And Kobe's just, he's going in There's, there. He is going to be there, um, in the halls. And I think that's, that's pretty special. Now the league itself has come out with a few ideas that they're going to be doing to honor, uh, honor Kobe, I guess lots of rumors Going around right now, there's this petition going around actually started by some Canadian kid, I think from right here in BC with almost 2 million signatures uh, wanting to the NBA to change the logo to Kobe. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, some other people want a Kobe Bryant day where all the players go and and um, help out and help promote women's basketball, which is something that Kobe was such a champion for, especially in retirement. I don't think that I don't I don't necessarily know if that's the thing to do. Um, but this is what we actually know the league is doing. Uh this kind of ties into the news a little bit. For the All-Star Game. I I won't mention this in the news. I'll just bring it up here. Uh for the All-Star game, they are actually changing the format to the game itself um, with a little tribute for Kobe in there. Uh what they're doing is they're going to be resetting the scores basically for the all-star game at the beginning of the second and the third quarters, it's going to re re or go down to zero. Again, the winner of each quarter will win a hundred thousand dollars to a charity of their choice. Um, And then in the fourth, it's unlimited time. There's no time. They're going to combine the scores from the first three quarters for each team. And then it's whoever scores 24 points, 24 being the Kobe tribute um, more than the highest total team total. So say, LeBron's team has 100 points going in combined, and Giannis has 95. It'll be the first person to 124 is the winner, with um, the winners getting more money for charity. And that's just a little Kobe tribute. I don't think that's the last Kobe tribute we get um, from the league. They are also doing it so that team Giannis, I think, is going to be wearing um, 8, or 24, one of Kobe's numbers. And then team LeBron is wearing two, which is Gigi's number uh, for the all-star game. And as I said, I don't think this is the last tribute that we are going to see for Kobe. Personally, I would really like to see, um, I think a an appropriate tribute for this man would be to rename the all-star MVP trophy after Kobe Bryant, the Kobe Bryant all-star MVP award. Uh, because Kobe played in more all-star games than anyone else. 18-time all-star, one-time MVP, five-time champion. You know the resume. Um, but he treated these all-star games more intensely than anyone else. He was out there picking guys up right at half court, playing hard D when it, people were goofing off. Like what, I mean, it is an exhibition game, but people are goofing off in an exhibition game, and he did not treat it as such. I think that's how you honor him. I think that's an appropriate um an appropriate way to do it other than that i think the lakers will do something on an organization level you have seen some um people calling for the league to basically retire kobe's numbers throughout the league you've seen some players informally doing it um moving if they were 24 or 8 uh moving on to something else uh, I don't think that's necessarily appropriate. I think if they want, if players want to do that, that's totally cool. Uh, the Lakers have Kobe's numbers retired. I think that it was inevitable that this was going to happen anyways. I think this just expedites the process of the Lakers building a statue, now a memorial at Staples Center, right out in front. Maybe it's him doing the lip bite or pulling the jersey off of his chest. Or I think... I, th- what I think it'll actually be is him standing on the scoring table, uh, after I think the 2010 championship with the ball in hand, just like out like a big T. I think that's a, that would be a very cool statue and have him there with all the names of the victims of the crash. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's hard and it's, it's not, it's not gonna go away. This is, this is something that in the next few weeks people will grieve and the, for the rest of the season, I think now this Lakers team as favorites for the championship, I think everyone's a Lakers fan. Now this is everyone is um, backing these guys now. And, and it was, I can understand why they wanted to take time off this week. And yeah, I think that to kind of sum up the, the whole kobe part of this podcast and i mean this won't be the last time we talk about him for sure it's not the first time Uh, i just want to say thank you kobe thank you for showing me what a what a champion is what it means to put your all into everything and thank you for showing me some canadian kid in western canada who showing thanks for showing me a sport that i love and will love forever now to get into man um let's hard transition here but let's just let's get into the rest of the show uh i want to start with a our recap from last night an emotional evening in the nba as every night it seems has been over the past um couple days the first game i want to touch on i kind of have three there were seven games last night i want to touch on three um Kind of bigger ones, I guess. Three good, massive performances. Honestly, on Friday night, it was a great night if you were watching basketball, and this game was no exception. Damian Lillard and his Portland trailblazers. Just when you think they are down and out, they they put up a game like this. Lillard puts up forty eight points in a very emotional uh, one twenty seven one nineteen win over the Los Angeles Lakers, and man the whole this whole game from pregame to end game was immaculate this was the first time the lakers played since the uh, the, the the kobe tragedy and you knew they were going to pull out all the stops and they did exactly that the the opening of this game was incredible with the tributes the the video packages they had put together all culminating in lebron getting up in front of everyone and doing this this speech that was quite I don't want to say moving but almost like it was pretty perfect. It was one of those one of those things on LeBron's part that if you aren't a LeBron fan and if you th- think whatever he does isn't worth it or whatever is illegitimate I don't understand how you can watch this and think that. It was I'm so happy to have someone like this representing the league that I love because he summed it up so well and went out and played. And, and then you had on the other side on this visiting team who before the game in an interview with uh, ESPN's Rachel Nichols, Damian Lillard was talking to her and, and she asked, like, how does it feel being a visitor in this situation, which a very weird situation to be put in. Um, and Dame, huge Kobe fan uh, as well. He said, "You know, there are really no winners at this game. Someone's going to win tonight, but this is bigger than basketball." And he went out and put on a Kobe-like performance in Staples Center. Forty-eight points, um, uh, ten ten rebounds, I think. Ten ten assists. Forty-eight, forty-eight and ten. I know that. Um, I had that written down. But he he had an an incredible an incredible game. Yeah, yeah. Forty-eight points nine rebounds 10 assists a kobe lake stat line in staples center which was super cool to see um and he's been he's been on a tear we that's not the last time we will talk about um damian lillard uh, in this podcast now on to the next game um that happened last night another explosion of offense uh coming from Kyrie irving this time scoring 54 points as brooklyn route chicago one 13 or 133, 118. I was, I count the first half of this game. Um, and it was pretty spectacular to see what, see what Kyrie was doing. He went 19 from 23 from the field. Um, in total seven from nine or seven. Yeah. Seven for nine from three and was perfect in the first half. He put in 27 points, went 10 for 10, four for four uh, from the three and Kyrie has all week In all week has been uh, very outspoken about what we meant to him he was very emotional in the Nets' first game back uh, and you can tell that he is doing this for Kobe and good on you Kyrie this was one of the when Kyrie is cooking he's one of the most fun players to watch in the NBA yes he has off-court drama and he might be a bit of a chemistry time bomb but when he is doing stuff like this 54 points on basically perfect like 19 for 23 is pretty special it's uh it's 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 pretty amazing to watch um yeah that's that's pretty much that's all i have to say about that game and then the last game that i want to touch on uh today from last night you can call me a homer whatever uh, the Raptors, they pick up their 10th win in a row as they beat the Pistons 105-92. Toronto now has the longest win streak in the league uh, with the win in this game. Nick Nurse has now been named the coach of Team Giannis at the All-Star Game. Very cool. Nurse going to be coaching uh, the All-Star team in his second year. Yeah, his second year as a head coach in the NBA, which is a lot of fun. And speaking of a lot of fun, this Toronto team has been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I don't want to say more fun than last year because last year's championship run was pretty great. But this regular season, I think this team is more lovable than last year. That's for sure. I mean, they lose they lose uh, Kawhi. They lose Danny Green. People thinking, oh, they're not going to make the playoffs. You had a lot of people saying they just blow it up, get rid of them. Well, they're proving all those doubters wrong. Right now, they are second in the East have weathered so many injuries. Basically, everyone in their top 11 has been injured for an extended period of this season. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I'm just putting it out there, though. I would not be surprised if this Raptors team makes it to another Eastern Conference Finals or maybe makes it out of the East again. I know that sounds crazy to hear. They're in second in the East, though, and they give a lot of these upper-tier... Um, Eastern Conference teams, a lot of trouble. They can give the Bucks trouble. They know that matchup. They can give the Sixers a lot of trouble. It's been seen. They can give the Heat trouble. The Celtics, like these, the teams that they need to beat. It wouldn't surprise me if they can beat them four out of seven times in a playoff series. I know that sounds bonkers, especially talking about the Bucs and the Sixers who were supposed to be. I mean, this, the Bucs are amazing. The Sixers not exactly who they thought we were they they who we thought they were going to be coming into the season but they can give these guys uh those problems they know those matchups very well and as i said i wouldn't be surprised if they have another deep playoff run in them um yeah on to the news from this week and i guess the last couple of weeks cuz i missed last week so i have a few of these carrying over Um, Part of this story carrying over from last week, we have our all-star teams announced. Um, They were announced, the reserves were announced this Thursday. Last Thursday, we got the starters. I'll just run through them. Starters for the Eastern Conference. Uh, You have your captain for the East, of course, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Joel Embiid is there. Pascal Siakam, Kemba Walker, and Trey Young. Kemba Walker, not a bit of a surprise. I wanted him on the Eastern Conference um, starters list. But... Some people were not in agreement with me, uh, especially the fan votes. They wanted Kyrie there. Um, And then coming up in the reserves for the Eastern Conference, you have Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, DeMontis Sabonis. Good on DeMontis. I like that. I like that pick. Kyle Lowry and Bam Adebayo. Now, nothing too egregious here on this Eastern Conference team. Very tight race um, in the the East All-Star race. The one thing, my one gripe, that I'm going to bring up here is I cannot believe Bradley Beal did not make this team. Yes. Washington is bad and really bad for that matter. But Bradley Beal is putting up, I think 28 points a game. And I did some research. I was doing some research and listening to podcasts and whatever. And it's been going around that this is the first time someone has scored 28 points or more and not made an all-star team since like the early seventies. It's, Pretty amazing. And I know people are going to say, oh, he's on a losing team. He can't make the all-star team. Well, one of the starters in the East is Trey Young, who is on the worst team in the NBA. It's not just, he's not just on a bad team. He's on the worst team. Now, Trey Young, a bit of an exception. He's doing even, dare I say it, better than Bradley Beal. He's had a, an amazing season so far. But that's kind of my biggest gripe with the all-star teams in total um coming out is that I think Bradley Beal should have made it on this east team. Now in the west, we have your starters captain, of course, LeBron James. You have Anthony Davis, Luka Doncic, James Harden, and Kawhi Leonard. No surprise there. I think that's exactly who people thought were going to get in. Um the quote one question people had was is Kawhi Leonard going to make the starting lineup just because he's missed a lot of games? He is there. That's n- nothing to, nothing really to write home about with those starters. Uh, then in the reserves, you have Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. Both of them getting their first All-Star nods, which is very cool. Uh, Nikola Jokic, Chris Paul, and Brandon Ingram, which is... I don't know. I've got nothing wrong with that. I like that Chris Paul is on this team. He has been instrumental in this Oklahoma City season. Brandon Ingram, good for him, making him his first all-star team on um, a team that he's kind of been carrying in the New Orleans uh, Pelicans, which I like the one snub that I would maybe, I'm not going to get as upset about it as Bradley Beal, but Devin Booker has been very good as well this season. 27 points. I might have slotted... Him out. Russell Westbrook getting in there is a bit of a recency thing. Westbrook has was I'm going to say bad. He was not good uh, to start the season, but in the last month he has turned that around. So I can't fault the coaches for picking him as a reserve on this team. Um, but I don't know. I would have I would have maybe gotten Devin Booker in there. Uh, other than that, though, this West team. I'm fine with Damian Lillard has been cooking. He's been doing really well this um, over the past, probably six weeks and maybe the whole season. I'd say he's been doing um, very well as a number one guy in that Portland offense, but they're just not the rest of that team is not what it needs to be. They're just, they're not good. Um, Now what we get to look at now that we have the teams is kind of, because they don't do it East and West anymore. It's, you have the East captain, the West captain, and then they draft everybody. Uh, LeBron has the first pick in this draft as he got the most fan votes. I'm pretty sure he's going to be taking Anthony Davis first, just as a teammate thing. Uh, two Lakers on the team, going to be fun. Uh, but I have no idea where Giannis goes from from there uh, to pick the, I guess, the second pick. Does he pick somebody like Luka? Uh, someone like James Harden, or maybe he could pick an Eastern Conference pal in Trey Young or or Joel Embiid. It's going to be very interesting to see kind of where those picks fall. And uh, the draft is coming up, I think, this coming Thursday. They have this special. So we're going to see where these teams shake out for the All-Star game in a few weeks in Chicago. Now, speaking of All-Star, we have our Rising Stars rosters as well. We're going to move through this one very quickly. I'm basically just going to list a bunch of names uh, and mention a few things, but no real big surprises here on the uh, world team. You have Nikhil Alexander Walker, Canadian, DeAndre Ayton, RJ Barrett, Brandon Clark, Luka Doncic, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Ruri Hachimora, Svi Mahalichuk, Svi Mahal, Mahalichuk. I hate that name. (laughs) I don't know how to say it. Uh, Josh Akogi and Mo Wagner. Now, I just want to say on the international team, very cool seeing Nikhil Alexander-Walker there, RJ Barrett, Brandon Clark, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. That is four Canadians. That is the most ever on one of these teams, which is so cool. Just Canada repping in the NBA. Um, Fun one here. Uh, And then on the U.S. team, you have Miles Bridges, Wendell Carter Jr., who is injured, so there will be an injury replacement, and he will—I think it's Zion Williamson is that person. Devontae Graham, Tyler Hero, Jaron Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morant, Kendrick Nunn, Eric Pascal, P.J. Washington, Trey Young, and then Zion Williamson as the injury reserve. Not much to say here. Other than that, I think the world team is going to get creamed. They have a really good top end with people like Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Luka Doncic. That'll kind of be, I think, the starting backcourt for the world team. But this U.S. team is stacked. It is stacked. Putting out someone like Zion, Trey, Ja Morant, and Jaron Jackson Jr. out on the floor. This world team, I think, is going to get creamed. I also think it is very neat that Trey and Luka... Going to be playing in both this and the actual All-Star game, which, uh, which is very, very cool. It's awesome to have this young talent in the NBA right now. The only real snub that I could think of, and I, this is another Homer pick, whatever, is uh, Terrence Davis from Toronto. Of the young players in the NBA, of these rookies and these second-year players, he has been playing I don't want to say the most meaningful minutes because you have people like Luka Doncic and Trey Young and and now Zion Williamson on this team, uh, and people like Kendrick Nunn as well. Uh, but Terrence Davis has been an important part of this of of uh, this Raptors team success so far this season, and I really liked what I've seen from him. It goes from undrafted to playing meaningful minutes on a on a defending champion. I don't know. It might be the homer in me, but I think Terrence Davis should be there. He will not, though. Uh Raptors getting snubbed, especially young players on the Raptors getting snubbed. Nothing new. Uh, but yeah, that's our Rising Stars challenge. I'm excited to see that. I love All-Star Weekend, and Rising Stars is one of my favorite events of the, of the whole weekend. Um, on to the next story, and the last kind of news story, I guess. Um, the last in our news section, at least. This happened... A few days before I was going to record last week. So it is old news now. But Zion Williamson has returned. He made his NBA debut. He is back. Very exciting. He returned Wednesday the 22nd. He played against the Spurs. Been pretty fun so far. 20, or 18 points a game. 8.3 rebounds. 1.5 assists. Um, shooting 63.7% on field goal attempts. Field goal attempts. Field goal attempts. Holy moly. <laughs> it is early. Um, uh, so he's shooting really well had a, a career high 24 points last night. You're getting about one Zion highlight every night, which is very cool. He's had probably the most impressive so far this one block uh, a few nights ago where he blocked basically someone at the top of their shooting arc. It was pretty incredible. He's been solid though, and I've just been I've been happy seeing him back uh, on a basketball court cuz he's a lot the game is a lot more fun when he is out there. Now, on to the winner and the loser of the week. We mentioned him earlier in the podcast. The winner of the week, I'm going to give it to, after a bit of deliberation, Damian Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, we talked about him earlier uh, with the outpouring of points from last night against the Lakers. But that was just a drop in the bucket over, I'd say, the month of January, especially in the last two weeks like 16, 18 days. Uh, He has really come to play in this new year, knowing that his team right now sitting in 10th place in the West, it is tight in the West. So there's going to be movement in there. Um, There is still a chance that the trailblazers make the playoffs. There's two teams in this NBA that every year, seem to make a push after the new year, and it's the Utah Jazz and the Portland Trailblazers. They seem to have a way better second half to the season than they do the first half of the season every year. Year after year, we count them out, and they come and push back. So it's been no different this year for Damian Lillard. Let me just... I just wrote these down because it blew me away. I'm just going to read you his point totals since January 13th, so a little more than two weeks ago. 30. 25, 34, 34, 30, er, sorry, 30, 25, 34, 34, 61, 47, 50, 36, and then last night, 48. Yeah, so reaching 61 just, I guess, five games ago, he's averaged 34 points a game over the month of January, 44.3 in just the last two weeks. It's been incredible to watch. If you've gotten to see Damian Lillard play um over the past two or three weeks, he is shooting from spots where he has made shots before. Like it it reminds me of his series winner last year against Paul George and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Basically a step in from half court. He's making those shots consistently now. Last night he had a few really good, like 28-footers that like we're well defended and he just puts them up and they go in. It's been, he has been playing some immaculate basketball uh, as of late too bad. The trailblazers aren't winning a ton. They are pushing. They're winning more than they were before the new year, but not what they, I think need to be doing if they want to make a push for that eighth spot. But Damian Lillard, you get my winner for the week uh, because you are us. You are a superstar. Um now the loser of the week and this this guy might be the loser of the year, the loser of the season. This is one of the worst and one of the dumbest things I have seen um in an NBA locker room in in a while. Uh the loser of the week is on a team scale it's going to be the New York Knicks because of their pushing match that ensued before this. More specifically though Marcus Morris Sr. Uh, from New York. Late in the Knicks-Grizzlies matchup on Wednesday night, a shoving match broke out after Jay Crowder stepped out for a three-pointer when the Grizzlies were up big with about 40 seconds left. Kind of an unwritten rule. You don't, if you're up big, you don't shoot in like the last, usually it's the last 24 seconds, 48, or 40 seconds. I don't know. You're on the border there. Um, a fight ensued. The NBA has handed out a few suspensions, a few fines, but it was Marcus Morris that just, he takes the ugly cake for this one. Um, I'm just going to play the audio here. Here's how he described uh, Jay Crowder after the game that night. A lot of female tendencies on the court flopping and throwing his head back the entire game. And Like I said, man, it's a man's game and you just get tired of it, man. And then obviously at the end, I was very unprofessional. They win in the game. It's a good team and, you know, he does stuff like that, man. No, the still was cool. You got the still. It is what it is. But when you step back and shoot a three, you know what I'm saying, and try to, you know, low key like, rub it in that they're winning, you know. It's just unprofessional, man. It's soft. His game is soft. He's soft. It's just, you know, it's how he carried it, man. And, you know, it's just very woman-like. Yeah. Saying Crowder, uh, you heard that, has female tendencies and that his game is very woman-like. No, 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 no. That is not okay, uh, Mr. Morris. No, m- no, Marcus, he has been fined uh thirty-five thousand dollars by the NBA for derogatory terms here, but this blows me away. That is not enough. Oh thirty-five thousand dollars. That is nothing to this guy. There's no place for any of this derogatory language any of this hurtful language in the game in the league i'm surprised he didn't get a suspension like his teammates did for getting into a fight earlier in the game or um at the tail end of the game or a much bigger fine you've seen um bigger fines handed out to players for saying i don't want to say less but but saying similar derogatory hateful hateful uh speech uh towards other players i think this is not okay especially in the week that we've had with the passing of kobe bryant where we lose somebody who is such a champion for women's sports and then to have someone like this talk like that marcus morris i'm disappointed in you they have come out and kind of spoken out against it but i'm disappointed in them for putting this guy on the stage that he's on and i'm this is Awful, Marcus Morris. You are the loser of the week for me, um, and it's going to be pretty hard to beat that for the rest of the season. I, I think. Um, uh, On to the picks of the week. Every week uh, in the NBA, I like to pick three or four or five, maybe games. Just some games that I think that you should sit down and watch. If you're a casual NBA fan, I don't know why you you'd be listening to, to this. If you're a casual NBA fan, um, but if you are a casual NBA fan, welcome. Uh, these are the games I think that you should sit down and watch and enjoy. If you Want to be watching some basketball this week? The first of which is a heavy-duty matchup huh, coming up on Monday, February third. It is the Sixers at the Miami Heat, a a place where no one seems to lose this year uh, at the Miami Heat Arena, the American Airlines uh, Arena down in 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 Miami. Uh, two Eastern heavyweights where things are just there. They are tight now. And in the Eastern Conference, things are tight and every win matters, especially as we get into the we're now into that kind of second half of the season. Uh, If the playoffs were to start to start today, actually, this would be a first-round playoff matchup between the Sixers and the Heat. Sixers are in sixth, Heat are in fourth. Um, But right now, doing the math, four wins separate second from six in the East. So as I said, these wins. They're going to matter. They mean a whole lot. This is going to be a hard week for the Sixers or just a hard next couple of days. Tonight, they play the Celtics, which is an honorable mention for me. If you ha- do have time, if you're catching this early enough, another Eastern heavyweight matchup, Sixers and Celtics, then they go on the road and play the Heat. So they've got some, uh, some rough couple of games coming up. Um, hopefully, Joel Embiid is fully back after his whole finger issue. He has been back over the last couple of games a little wishy-washy but hopefully he's in charge for this game cuz they are going to need him uh cuz the heat have not lost a ton on their home on their home floor uh this season. Now the second game I want to bring up happening 2 days later, Wednesday, February 5th, and that is when the Dallas Mavericks host the Memphis Grizzlies. The battle of the young guns in the NBA. Hopefully Luca will be back at this point. He does have an ankle injury. He's going to be out for at least a couple games. We don't know a ton of details right now. They say it's not really bad, but they don't know when he's going to be back. Hopefully he can be back for this game because I really want to see Luca go up against John Morant. John Morant has been one of the flashiest. John Morant has very much been what Luca was for everyone at this point in the season last year. I mean, the Grizzlies, I think, are a better team altogether than the Mavericks were last year. They're in the playoff race, um, at least right now, but... Uh, this could be a really, really, really fun game. Two of my favorite teams to watch this season so far. I've been loving the Mavericks. I've been loving the Grizzlies. John Morant, Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark, uh, Triple J over there. It's, they've been really good. Uh, so I'd like to see what these two young kind of surprises uh, could, can do out on the court against each other. Now the last, um, the last of my picks of the week... I guess I'll throw one in after this, but it'll be a little different. Uh, It is the Blazers at the jazz. It's happening Friday, February 7th. Portland takes on Utah. Two of the hotter teams in the NBA, as I mentioned earlier in the pod, Damian Lillard playing like his life depends on it. And this jazz team has been playing a lot better as of late too. They've been playing really well. um, And, As I said, the Blazers need to stack up these wins, and it's games like this against Western Conference teams who are in the playoffs where it is going to count most. So Blazers at Jazz is happening on Friday, and um, the last kind of pick of the week, I guess I have to mention this, tomorrow it is the Super Bowl. So if you are a football fan, have fun tomorrow. I'm picking... uh, I'll pick the Niners. I think their defense... I think defense wins these Super Bowls, and and um, I think that they can lock down KC pretty well. Other than that, that's it for the show. Uh, An emotional show, especially off the top. Um, Thank you so much for listening to Three Point Klein. I love doing this. I know that these aren't the best podcasts in the entire world, but I've had so many people tell me, if you want to do something, just start doing it. And Mamba mentality. Keep doing it until until you're amazing at it. So I'm just gonna keep doing this. Maybe I'll get better. Maybe I won't. Uh, my name is Klein. You can follow me on everything. I'm at Kleino the Dino. That is K L I N O T H E D I N O. Twitter, Instagram. Look me up on LinkedIn if you want. Uh, also, please follow the show. It really helps at Three Point Klein. And if you want to send me your comments, your questions, your concerns, it's threepointklein at gmail.com. That is the email. And then lastly, if you like the show, share it with your friends, review it, do whatever you want, tell your grandma about it. Uh, that, that has been Three Point Klein. That has been another episode of Three Point Klein. Thank you so much for coming by.